Do you ever wonder what is holding you back? In today's episode of Work and Life, we're talking about positive intelligence and self-sabotage. Join us and our guest, Daria Belsner, as we talk about positive intelligence and how she uses the saboteur assessment in her work. Welcome to Work at Life. This is a show for everyone who believes that work should be just as fulfilling as life outside of work, and that the way to get there is through building more human workplaces. I'm Maddie Grant, a culture designer and co-founder of a culture consulting firm called Propel, and I'm your co-host alongside my fabulous friend, Sonia Lucina, an organizational psychologist heading up the workforce division at Question Pro. Welcome to the show, Daria. Oh my goodness, it is so lovely to have mm-hmm. you. I am so glad that we could reconnect it. So for those of you who don't know me or Daria, um, we were actually <laughs> colleagues some years ago in the UK, and she was just one of those people. We we sat almost next to each other, and she was always this brilliant, like glowing person, always happy in a positive mood. Somebody you always wanted to grab lunch with. <laughs> And so I just I loved um, the couple of years that I spent working in London. I just enjoyed um, being around her so much and learning from her. And so it is just an incredible pleasure um, to have her on with us. A little bit about Daria, uh, aside from my admiration for her, is that um, she spent the last 12 years in global operations and in the tech industry. And she is actually a business and leadership coach, also helping people navigate everything career and work related. Um, As I mentioned, Daria lives in London and she is a mom of two beautiful, incredible boys. So again, Daria, welcome. It is so lovely to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. You're making me blush, you know, the the words. Like, (laughs) definitely. I I, I just miss the times we had in London. And exactly like (laughs) you and I were sitting opposite each other with the best time. So no, thank you so much for having me again, reconnecting after all these years. It's just amazing. Oh, it's a pleasure. Well, um, goodness, we have so many questions to ask you. But before (laughs) we jump in, um, I just wanted to see, is there anything you know, additionally that you would add about your background, your career, your passions, and then we'll jump into the conversation about positive intelligence and and saboteurs. No, no, I think you did you did a perfect introduction. I really loved how you said like Daria was so positive and I'm like, and now look at me. <laughs> like years after I'm here talking about positive intelligence, right? So see. Yeah. Well <laughs> no, it's, thank you. It's beautiful to see when something like that fits so well. And when mm-hmm. years later, even you, you just realize that huge passion and decide to channel it in a, in a different kind of way. And we talk with a lot of people who talk about their careers and what they've done and a lot of the self-discovery. And it's always incredible to see a story like yours, where it's something mm-hmm. that was maybe inside of you, even before you necessarily realize how much of a passion it is. And so now to take it, and I was mentioning how much you were a positive influence on me. And that was just, you know, because we were in the same place, like it was not yeah. your job. It was not something that you were waking up and saying, right. you know, necessarily, yeah. I'm going to have this impact on my colleagues, but you did just naturally. Mm-hmm. And so now I think doing it in a is more of a profession in a more systematic way, I think is, is just absolutely incredible. So let's talk more about positive yeah. intelligence. Um, just before we go deeper into the conversation to make sure all of our listeners are on the same page, like what is positive intelligence? How would you define it? Mm. No, it's an interesting question, right? Because I was actually thinking about the introduction and, and, and what to say. And I was like thinking, okay, well, when people hear the word positive, positive thinking, positive intelligence, 
I feel like there's this element of people just being tired of hearing it because mm -hmm. I'm sure you can agree like you open your internet your social media I think there is too much of like think positively it's just almost <laughs> like you know it, and it's good it's beautiful but at the same time I think it's overdone to the point that yeah. people are kind of like yes I know I like positive outlook is important like enough right so it I feel like almost like an opposite effect is happening oh, so yeah. it's so important to just almost like be awake every minute of your day and be like, am I being positive? And it's hard work, isn't yeah. it? So, yes. <laughs> so, so this, this kind of, you know, topic is actually um, why I got interested in, in, in the topic and in this study was, was a book actually by Sherzad Shamin. So it's called, um, and, and I hope we can share the, 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 you know, the, the book and, and the link, so to say. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so his book is actually called uh, Positive positive intelligence and his idea is absolutely like like I said just now we do not spend enough time being aware of where we are are we in the negative or are we in the in the positive state mm. and he is he studies based on the fact that actually you you do have two sides of your brain and they are powered by different things right and kind of it really yeah. depends on which one overtakes and which one is stronger at the point. And only by kind of being conscious about that fact, one can understand, okay, is my brain <laughs> being my enemy or is my brain my friend? And that's an interesting Imagine like your brain is your friend if it's telling you, okay, well, you have this important meeting tomorrow. You need to prepare. Your brain's being your friend. And if your brain is keeping you awake at night at 3 a.m., giving you this anxiety <laughs> and everything, is your brain being your friend? So it's kind of like almost, and it's so interesting, isn't it? It's just kind of like this battle of the two. Ooh, girlfriend, right? I, yeah, to tell you how many times that happens to me. And I, um, my co-host Maddie and I often talk about our optimistic outlook and how we approach things. And I, I believe and I always want myself to be a very positive person. And so what happens is like, I found myself, for example, yesterday, I wasn't having a very good day. Like I felt, I felt down and I wasn't sure why, mm -hmm. like there was nothing to point to. Um, and then I got so frustrated because I thought, oh my goodness, like there's literally like no event that happened that was wrong. Yeah, yeah. And so many aspects, I feel so lucky. Like, why am I wasting a day being in a mad mood? What a waste. But like, I couldn't really do anything about it at the time. It, I think it just, it took some hours, like it went by, like in the evening, I was mm -hmm. okay, today I'm better. Um, but it's interesting, like, I think even when we can recognize that with our brains, sometimes when to your point, it's not being our friend, how frustrating it can be, how mm -hmm. exhausting. No, exactly. But you know, when I was listening to you, I was, I, I just really wanted to say like, but look, you already have your like, half half of your battle won, because you realized like, I want yeah. to stop this is happening. Because imagine how yeah. many people just go days or sometimes just weeks with our busy lives when it's just almost like, in this river and this current is just carrying you and it's almost like yeah. happening to you the the, the mood and the brain, <laughs> you know, yeah. when not being your friend happening <laughs> to you. So, um, so, so yeah. I think that's well, kind of defines positive, uh, positive outlook and positive intelligence. So yeah. it's not just all about the, uh, you know, the, the, the Instagram posts about thinking positively. No. And I think I, I like what you say too, that like it takes work and it takes effort and it mm. takes reflection that it's not, you don't wake up one day necessarily and, and say, I'm just, yeah. I'm going to be positive. Like that commitment is critical as a first step, 
but then it's active working towards it. It's almost like health. Like you say, okay, I'm going to exercise. I'll eat healthy, but it doesn't mean you're never going to crave chocolate. And it doesn't mean you're never going to actually eat ice cream, but to have that like mindset of every, every decision yeah. to make is like, I'm actually thinking about it and it's conscious, I think is, is really important. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's work. It's <laughs> it <hard. laughs> is. It is. So, um, one of the things that we do on our show is we go out and we ask, you know, 300 workers generally across the U.S., mm -hmm. but this time we did U.S. and U.K. Mm -hmm. um, since you're in London. And um, we look for a fresh data perspective that aligns with the topic of our episode. And in some of the research that we've done before here at Question Pro, whenever I've asked about burnout or if organizations, you know, listen to employees with empathy, yeah. There were oftentimes that I got different results between the US and UK. And so I thought, well, of course, you know, you being in the UK will we'll ask both um, workers in both countries. Mm -hmm. But what was interesting this time, so we asked um, 300 workers in the UK, 300 workers in the US, how much do you believe that thinking positively and having a positive outlook has an impact on your team's performance? And the options were a great deal. Thinking positively is hugely important. Somewhat, it's important, but there are so many other factors that impact performance. Not so much because other factors will always have a stronger influence. And then not at all, while having a positive outlook may be nice, I really don't think it impacts performance. And so we asked, we asked this question and what actually like, quite frankly, shocked me. And I don't know if it's because like that, that, you know, the, the positivity or the mindset that I like to try to carry all the time is that in both countries, more than half of the respondents actually said, not at all. While having a positive outlook may be nice, I really think, I don't really think that it impacts performance. It was 58% mm -hmm. in the US that said that and 64 in the UK. And then the slight difference came in that in the US, the second highest response mm -hmm. was 22% was, ah, you know, somewhat it's important, but there's so many other factors that impact performance. And in the UK, 30% said like not so much because other factors always have a stronger influence. So in the UK, yeah. a little bit more people kind of lean towards like, ah, I don't really buy, you know, the thinking positively and having a positive outlook really has an impact on performance. Mm -hmm. Based on your research, mm. what did you think when you saw these results? <laughs> well, first of all, I was... Well, I, I want to say I was surprised because the numbers are high. It's not like, okay, we're on a bait kind of like on this midpoint or anything like that. But at the same time, I think it really goes back to the point I made earlier. I do think that nowadays, just the concept of positive thinking, people don't realize what's actually meant by it. You know, just like you and I said, it is work. It's not just telling yourself once in the morning, I'm going to be positive or positivity is important. And that's it. Of course, that not that's not going to kind of, you know, bring anything. And actually, when I was, uh, you know, looking at the results, it really want, um, I, it really prompted me to to open uh, Sherzat's book again. And I'm like, but his research shows that like, oh, it's just all this, the studies that he like 275,000 people, salespeople, higher positive um, outlook sales, 37% more. Uh, CEOs are more likely to lead happier teams and work climate less sick days there's just so much so i'm like okay how's yeah. like where's the where's the where's the dis disconnect and again it i think it all comes to baseline happiness as well and i'm yeah. I, I, I don't know like if you would want me to 
to define that. But I think especially in the organizations, it happens a lot. We are all busy. So much is happening to us. Imagine if you are um, your leader or even if you are a manager, you want to arrange those, I don't know, offsites or the days when you just really want to re-energize everyone, get together. It's same as with new New Year resolutions, right? We're all just like pumped up, energy flowing. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. New beginnings, new life on Monday, all that happening. But at the same time, again, the current, <laughs> the river comes and it's just, just, just life takes us because it's so busy. So yeah. I really love, again, to go back to the book that Sherzad does say that the positive intelligence is actually, it's a, it's a muscle in our yeah. brain that we need to exercise. And it's a, it's a forgotten uh, muscle. Yeah. Similar with like, if, if you look at your, you know, you're going to the gym. Again, if, if you don't do anything, <laughs> nothing's going to change with our muscles, yeah. right? But again, we don't see it the same way with our mental um, kind of state. And yeah, yeah I think... Yeah, those th- those are my thoughts on the on the yeah. results, which I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's unfortunate. I think to your point is that um, I think in many people's efforts to really install in others how much benefit positivity can have, like it went overboard or it almost became mm-hmm. a cliche, yeah. and it's a shame because again, like you're saying, there's so much data to support it, but in some ways, like people like seem like they started to become resistant. Now it's not to say like, you know, to be ignorant and say, oh, positivity is all you need to be successful. And positivity is like the only, but given, you know, other things more or less being equal, if you're positive, you're probably with your data and the data shows um, much more likely to have a, a better outcome. And there are different health benefits. And, and so in some ways I would say like, when you're thinking about practicing positivity, even if it's not always an absolute gain or the only thing you need to do to win or reach your goals, mm-hmm. it certainly can't hurt. Like not like maybe blind positivity where you don't think about the dangers or you don't think about the positive, you know, it, it's it's not naively going about it, but when you do it the right way, like it can certainly have so many positive outcomes. So I think that's important for people to think about, like to come back and say like, no, you don't have to, you know, like maybe stop reading inspirational quotes. It's not all yeah. about that. It's just yeah. really thinking the situations you've gone through, like how much like does it, you know, maybe help with your resilience or your mm-hmm. grit, all of those things are, you know, quite, quite a bit um, related. So switching a little bit now mm-hmm. to self-sabotaging. Yeah. First, I'll ask you what that means, because again, I was fascinated, just fascinated with the assessment that you shared with me. So I do want to talk about that. But um, before we jump into it again, to make sure all of our listeners can clearly follow our our conversation and and train of thought, um, what is self-sabotaging and what are these saboteurs Mm -hmm. that we're going to talk about? Yeah, it is, it is it is fascinating. And I'm so glad that you, you agree. So again, the idea uh, and again, I would, I would, I would love to say that it was mine, but no, it absolutely. <laughs> Sharzad is, is is the one who developed the assessment, and his book is based um, on that. So, the idea really comes from the fact that when uh, we are children, of course, we are new to this world, and there's just so much kind of like both physical, emotional threats and certainty so of course we need some mechanisms we need something to protect us from the craziness of of the world right so saboteurs is really kind of like those internal voices and really those thought patterns emotional patterns that we 
we develop in order to protect us. So to give you a few examples, because of course, like, okay, what is it? <laughs> what are those saboteurs? So Shirzad, he defines eight. And to give you examples, it would be avoider, controller, victim, stickler, hyperachiever, hypervigilant. So for example, if you have maybe a controlling parent or someone, again, we, we, you know, we're going back to childhood. We, we do have this, this parent who always wants you to, to do your best and really pushing you. You know, you're most likely to develop something, almost kind of like this, what you think is a friend, <laughs> right? yeah. this saboteur that to help you. But again, the, the, his study shows that as we become adults, we, we, we are okay, right? Because we are no longer so vulnerable in this world. Like we don't need those um, anymore. But because we grew up with those I don't know. I, I, I always like when I work with my clients, I, I know it's going to sound strange, but I quite often call them like creatures <laughs> because one <laughs> of the ways to actually, and, and we'll touch upon that, like when, when you work on, on what to do with um, with your results, it's, it's always good to almost like visualize and imagine what those saboteurs look like. So the, <laughs> the biggest one um, is actually the judge. And I would like for our listeners to think about that. Like, so judge is the one that we all have. And he's like the most strict, so to say. So it's the voice in your head that's always mm. telling you to be better. A bit of self-doubt, a bit of more control, demanding great results from yourself, from, from others. So, so I know it's a lot. And people, and people are probably saying like, what? What are those voices and creatures living in my head? But I'm sure like it will become clear as we go along. Mm. And I know you took the test, Sanya, right? And um, I did, okay. I did. And I was actually just looking back when you were talking about the different ones. And I so, um, I'm, I'm a psychologist as well. So mm -hmm. I think part of the reason why I'm just so fascinated yeah. with this. And I, oh gosh, was it like 15 years ago? is when I first started um, going to therapy. Mm -hmm. And the main reason why I went to therapy is like, oh, you know, poor Sonia, but it was because of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And I say poor Sonia, because I think of like, um, in interviews, when you get coached on in a job interview, when somebody yeah. asks you, like, you know, what's your biggest weakness? Oh, I work too hard. And, and I remember when I actually worked for a coaching company, one of my colleagues said, like, oh, never say that. Like there's always a better, like there's always a more genuine one than like I work mm -hmm. too. I like, okay, great. You work too hard. Well, what else? I was like, I don't yeah. like statistics. Like I, I literally started being honest and I thought, I don't know if this is going to backfire. But anyways, coming back, bringing myself yeah. back to this. So um, the perfectionism, like, oh, it sounds like, you know, wow, is it first world problem? But it is very psychologically taxing. It is a lot of pressure. There are a lot of different things that... um happen that are mentally and emotionally exhausting. And so, as I mentioned, that was 15 years ago and I've gone on and off, you know, having different mm -hmm. therapists, like we're mentioning, like reading, talking with others, just understanding, doing the self-discovery and doing the work on myself. And then when you sent me the assessment and I took mm -hmm. it, like my biggest saboteur was stickler. And I was like, oh, what's that? And then when I read the description, perfectionism mm -hmm. and a need for order and organization taken too far. And I just thought, <laughs> no. <laughs> It's like oh, I've been gosh. working on this for so long. Like, and to your point earlier, you know, it's maybe partly it's good 
recognizing what's the biggest thing that holds you back. But a part of me is like, oh, man, like I really thought it made it farther yeah. than this. Um, but it was very like and for me, it was actually it was weird because on, on the one hand, it was surprising. On the other hand, maybe expected mm. it to stand out because it's been something. But it was a very emotional experience seeing the results because I yeah. thought, wow, OK, like I've still mm -hmm. got work to do here. I thought. You know, I made some progress, but I, in many ways, I believe that I made more progress than clearly I did because everything that I read, all of these descriptions, I was like, wow, this is it. And I think to me, perfectionism before was more about appearances to others yeah. and what others saw to me when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And now I realize that it's actually the standard that I set for myself. For yourself, yeah. That I don't really care as much what others think about me. That's not my measuring stick. Mm. But what is my, you know, bar for how good of a mom am I? How mm -hmm. good of a child? How good of a, of a spouse? And so I was thinking like, it, it, like things like highly critical of self and others, strong need for self-control, like mm -hmm. right is right and wrong is wrong. I was like, oh my yeah. goodness. So yeah. um, anyways, like I just... I, I really enjoyed it because I think, um, and then the other ones, the second one was pleaser. Mm -hmm. And that was, again, like not a surprise because anytime you hear me speak, like one of my, you know, I'll say my calling in life is to help make others happier, but then mm -hmm. at what cost? Like I had yeah. some time on Saturday and Martine took the kids. And so I thought like, I mean, this is like this living uh -huh. in real life. Like, yeah. okay, I'm going to empty the dishwasher. I'm going to vacuum the house. I'm going to clean the window. I did so oh, I'm going to put away the toys and then I should have a little bit of time to do like 20 minutes of yoga and cut my nails. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. But it's like, you know, as a mom, we get so little time to ourselves. Yeah, why don't you use it for yourself? Move exactly. for yourself like right? mentally, I was like, yeah. oh, my God, like it was a gorgeous day. I could have sat outside and read a book and then I could have, you know, mm -hmm. gone and done a little bit more yoga and all of these things I would have done later in the day. But no, my mind didn't allow for that. My mind yeah. went to like, get the things done that you need to get done for everybody is good. And then you should hopefully have some time for yourself. But if you don't, yeah. at least you got all the big stuff done. So anyways, tell me about yours. And then we're going to talk about yeah. what do we do? Because I, I looked at like, yeah. <laughs> this like sad puppy face, like at these results. And I was like, goodness, like, how can I work on this differently? But anyways, tell me about your experience. Tell me about your little like gremlins or yeah, yeah, I know. See, that's again, working with clients. That's my favorite part when I'm like, well, imagine what do they look like? And that's, oh. that's when the fun part starts. Now, cute <laughs> right <laughs> exactly cute. exactly no it's really really interesting and i love um hearing others share results so for, for me i actually i did i did a course you know like with with, with coaching and i'm sure you're, you're the same you always learning something new you you looking at different studies and and this one came my way and i again I, similar to you i was like oh my gosh and i actually went to do like eight week intensive program on working how to weaken the US saboteurs and everything so kind of like the, the full one but you know even before I started the my my course I could see the the change in me just by knowing my my top saboteur yeah. <laughs> um next day and I'll tell you exactly what happened wow. so mine are hyperachiever which is nine out of nine and eight, nine, eight, no, just listen to this next one. Eight out of nine is restless. So my initial reaction wow. when I saw this, I was just like, wow, this is a very dangerous, crazy 
combination like also no. it, it wasn't like let's say victim and hyperachiever it was just like those two that are close and being so mm. high and again i took the test and you know i i always believe that things come to us in the right moment in life i was going through the stage when i was doing so much with my my work my career um having kids of course and doing my my coaching stuff so i would finish work like six or seven i'll go do kids and then it's like 11 or midnight and what do i do i'm like yes let me go and do more and as you can imagine after a few weeks of this uh well i'm sitting there being proud of myself right and i'll be honest even when i saw the result and actually that's one really good um interesting thing to discuss with clients and i know you wanted to ask me about like reactions and so yes but again, this is this is proof that those saboteurs, they they pretend to be our friends. I actually I was like, well, hyperachiever, it's a good one, right? That's what's <laughs> kind of like make me that, that, that one makes me go further in life and achieve things. Mm-hmm. And then again, reading the description, okay, but it's light to you is that again with restless that you can only be happy by constantly doing something, but are you neglecting your emotional well-being, you know, yeah. similar to what she was saying, time for yourself? Is that what's happening? So the next day, and, you know, I mentioned that I saw, kind of even before starting the course, I, the next day, when 11 or 12 p.m. came and I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's do more. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, that's it. My hyperachiever and my restless are here again with me. They're entering the room. So maybe I can just, maybe I shouldn't. And you know what? I didn't, I didn't open my laptop and I didn't do more. And I stopped myself. And now looking back, I'm like, yeah, I was driving myself into this crazy overworked state but again i believe that it was needed and it was good because i was going forward so yeah yeah. so what uh, god it's so like would you like i'm trying like i have so many questions i'll try to streamline them but (laughs) would you recommend like i'm wondering so as we're talking i was flipping back and forth to my report and looking at the descriptions Mm -hmm. and when you're mentioning your saboteurs like reading about them um i guess two questions one do you think that this is something good to almost like have with you and remind yourself like yeah. almost like, Hey, on a monthly basis, or maybe like every Tuesday, every Thursday, every Friday, like morning, I'm going to look and remind myself of what are these things that are holding mm-hmm. me back? Because it's kind of like what you were saying, like with new year's resolutions, at some point you get a piece of information it jolts you. And then without you realizing you kind of fall mm-hmm. back into the pattern because changing yeah. behavior takes, takes a while yeah. um so is there like some like almost like frequency or reminder or way that you would have for, to recommend for people to to make sure that they don't forget about who these like false friends are yeah no absolutely and it's and it's such a good question well first kind of like similar to what i said it's always good to name them visualize what they look like again you know some 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 people imagine almost like this big ball of fire you know when it's a controller again you can go as crazy it could be something real or it could be uh, an object it it doesn't matter so it really depends on how much work and how much awareness you really want to you know to to give this um if you i would say like very serious about doing something and weakening those saboteurs because you feel like actually it is impacting my my life not to just kind of almost it's good to know about it but no you you can feel the the impact i would say concentrate on one that you feel is 
you know, giving you most problems, so to say. And what you can do is uh, take your phone and set three alarms, one for the morning, one for lunch, and one for the afternoon. And in the morning, you need to spend this five minutes. Of course, it's not meditation, but again, it is, you know, having that five-minute space with yourself and think about your day. And just, of course, you know, our days are crazy and some things happen that we maybe just, you know, haven't planned for. But yeah. most of the time we kind of know what it's going to look like and just think, okay, well, knowing how my day looks like, when, what are the situations when my saboteur can raise its head into the mm-hmm. room, right? Just have this assessment. Okay. And when it happens, what can I do differently? What am I not going to do? So you mm-hmm. do that in the morning, then midday, you almost have like this check-in with yourself you know how am I doing what's what's going on again really it is a check-in and then as you can imagine at the end of the day it's more kind of like looking back seeing any reflections of maybe again like, like you said it's it's not about changing everything or clicking <laughs> clicking your fingers and waking up a different person the next yeah. day right so of course just again spending five minutes with yourself okay how did I do that's what I wanted to to achieve today I, I knew that maybe I will be this I don't know, hypervigilant when I take my, my child to a park because I'll be like all over them and stuff. It's such a simple example, yeah. but you know, it's, um, and, and, and it's not from work, but, um, but yeah, just, just having that, that, um, that assessment of how did I do and reflecting and tomorrow, what do I want to do differently? And again, yeah. you know, people do it every day. Uh, you know, they say it takes 21 days to change a habit. So if you really want to, to do it, you can do that for 21 days. Uh, well, 21 days, like sounds sometimes maybe like surprisingly manageable, but you have yeah. to do it consistently, right? It's not something like, oh, yes. 20, I'm going to do something a couple of times and 21 days will pass and I'll be a new person. <laughs> but, but I think that gives that like, um, it gives more chance that a disciplined action will actually not fall through the cracks because it's not yeah. something you say, well, if you do this for a year, Oh man, a year to do, you know, to stay an alarm three times a day. Yeah. Right. Like what if I'm in a meeting or what if I'm like running out to do something? Um, is there, is there anything like as we wind down, I I, I can't like, I'll have to ask you some of these questions offline. And for anyone that's interested, (laughs) uh, when you listen to this episode, you'll have Daria's contact information to follow up with her because I'm sure if you're like me, you have a million more questions, but, um, is there, I, I think that was a really good practical piece of advice. Is there, Anything else that you would want to leave our listeners with? Kind of, is there? Mm. And we'll we'll put a link to um, the book. We'll put a link to the assessment because I do think it's just very powerful and, and very fascinating. I think what people can learn. Is there any like last piece of advice mm. you would give to someone as they're thinking about like should I even take the t- assessment? Is this something to invest time in? Or if I do invest time in it, like what can I? How do I make the best of the results? Like what is what is, what is something else that I can do in addition to? naming naming these these false friends or mm-hmm. these little monsters and, and checking in with myself yeah no absolutely and I think you know I mentioned the the, the judge and I I understand it kind of sounded <laughs> like do with gloom you know this this voice is controlling but there's also um there's also sage in mm. all of us and really someone this this good voice of this you know loving parent that says you are doing enough and everything you're doing is is great and don't be hard on yourself all those positive and good things so again whenever you feel that you are just slipping into this more 
negative side of the brain, overpowering, just catch yourself. And I think that that really is what I want to, you know, to leave our listeners with is just being awake, being, yeah, just aware of what's what's mm. happening in this moment. Where where am I? Because if we are aware, we can catch ourselves and we can go the opposite way. And that again, you know, like I said before, it's already half a battle won. Yeah, um, because it's really powerful. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Aria. This I loved our conversation. Like I, I feel like you gave me even before the conversation with everything <laughs> so much to think about, but especially now, just some really practical ways to self-reflect mm. and then also take action in ways that seem very manageable but also very powerful. So thank you so much again for joining us today. I love this topic. I love the way you approach it. It's just been such a pleasure talking with you. So um, like I mentioned, we'll, we'll share your contact information with everybody in the podcast. And just thank you so much again for oh, all of your time you. and wisdom shared with us. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And yeah, I'm just so, so glad to to reunite. And no, thank you so much for, for, for having me. Oh, wonderful. And thank you to all of our listeners. And we'll see you again in the next episode. Take care, everybody.